The Today's Homeowner Radio Podcast is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to Today's Homeowner with Danny Lipford, your partner in home improvement. Everyone has questions about their home. We've got the answers, and we have a few laughs along the way. Informative, entertaining, and sometimes off the wall. Home improvement has never been this much fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. Danny Lipford here along with my co-host, Joe Truini, and we are ready for yet another week of the most practical, realistic, most current home improvement information you'll find anywhere. I have a lot of information to share with you. Matter of fact, during this hour, we're going to be talking about do-it-yourself stone countertops. Not many people will tackle uh, expensive stone countertop, but more and more companies are making that material available to homeowners. We'll tell you what you need to think about along those lines. Also, maybe it's time to get that garage nice and organized, and don't forget about the Floor. We're going to talk about a very interesting coating for your garage floor that we're going to talk with the homeowner about that's trying to get that garage looking a little bit better. Also, improving the look of your paver patio or your brick patio. There's a few things you can do, and that time to use that is right around the corner. Might as well get it ready. We've got a lot of great emails that came in this week, and uh, we're going to tackle a few of those. And Joe always has a great, simple solution for us. Joe, what can we expect during this hour? Well, coming up, we'll be a quick tip on how to double the storage space of your kitchen sink cabinet. And it really just takes less than 10 minutes. Oh man, I tell you, there's so much that we go back to it all the time about how there's all of this cabinet space and then open your cabinets right now. And if you're like most people in the country, their cabinets are only being used about 30%. How's that? Well, you got a lot of cubic footage in there. So if you utilize all the space that you can, and Joe has a simple solution to help you in one part of your kitchen, it's a, you don't need to enlarge your kitchen. You need to organize what you have and utilize every single space. That that goes for just about any organization project that you do in the entire house, Joe. Yeah, especially closets. In fact, the, the simple solution coming up, you can actually use it in a closet too, because you're right, you open up a closet and yeah, you see all this extra space like below where your clothes are hanging or above where the clothes are hanging. And, and you know, my attitude is I paid for the whole house. I want to use the whole house. You know, there's too much extra space that's not being utilized in most homes. Yeah, a lot of different ways you can kind of grab a little more of that space you have available. You know, uh, we've been hearing a lot of things you hear all the time, up and down about the interest rates and housing starts are high, housing starts are low, remodeling, all kinds of things like that. We try to monitor it and not bombard you with a lot of information because there's a little bit of uh, let's say propaganda out there, but we try to cut through it and, and give you a few things to think about. And one thing goes without a doubt, and that is if you're selling your home, you can do a few things to your home that'll net a great return on your investment. There's just so many things that are, some of them are just common sense. You know, you want it to be 
um, appealing. You want your house right. to be not cluttered. You want it to, you know, to feel good when someone comes in. You want them to be able to imagine uh, what it would be if they moved in. So we have a few tips for you right now that if you're thinking of selling your home or you want to spruce it up a little bit for the springtime that's right around the corner, um, here's a few things that you need to think about. First of all, tidying up the yard for that instant curb appeal is extremely important. When you drive up to that house, again, whether you're selling or just want to feel good about your home, then make sure that yard is nice and tidy, straight, clean. That's very important. And right along with that is updating your mailbox and your address numbers on there. Very important for many reasons to be able to uh, have uh, someone very quickly, especially an emergency vehicle, identify your particular house address. So sprucing those things up, very inexpensive. Maybe even planting a plant out by your um, mailbox can make a big, big difference. And talking about uh, fixing up the curb appeal of your home, any fences that are either dirty, peeling paint, I can't tell you how many fences I see that are kind of leaning one way or the other. You know, they weren't <laughs> built that way. So, you know, so take care of that because you don't want it to look dilapidated. So fix that up. That, that'll that add instant curb appeal to the home. And also think about um, enhancing the security around your house. Again, this could be lights that come on automatically. And of course, there are the doorbells now that have cameras in them. So I think more and more, it wasn't that long ago, Danny, that who even looked for those features in a house, right? But That's now- right. Mm-hmm. Home buyers are, are almost expecting to see that, and it's not just in neighborhoods that you know have high crime. It's anywhere. So um, definitely think about adding some security features to the house. And along that same lines, uh, one of the best um, deterrents to the bad guys, and that is plenty of lighting. But you can also make that lighting look good. There's so many different ways from landscape lighting to tree lighting to the LED lighting that you can incorporate in with your existing lighting, uh, motion sensing lighting, all of that type of thing. But from a pure aesthetic standpoint, uh, getting those light fixtures looking good. And you don't have to necessarily necessarily buy one. We talk about it all the time, how simple of a project it is to remove that fixture, sand it, repaint it with some of the, I mean, there's all kinds of finishes out there, both for for metal and for fiberglass and acrylic uh, plastic. And uh, you can really make a big, big difference on on that little project. Funny you should mention that because I just earlier this morning, I ordered online some, um, I was going to replace some fixtures. They're brass fixtures, going to replace them with some nickel brushed nickel. I thought, well, wait a minute. Can you buy brushed nickel spray paint? Uh-huh. Sure enough. Sure, sure enough, can. you can. Rust-Oleum makes a brushed nickel. So I'm just going to take these things down, clean them and spray paint them and put them up. If they if the paint fails and I don't like the look of it, I can always replace them. But mm-hmm. you know how much money that saves? A can of paint was $10. Each yeah. fixture uh-huh. would have been at least 20 or 30 if you right. have more. And I have like three or four to do. So, yeah, that's really smart if you can take care of those lighting fixtures. And then while you're at it, of course, changing to LED bulbs that will drive yep. the cost mm-hmm. of the, um, the you know, illumination down a little bit. Hey, another thing that we would uh, suggest is um, repaint any of those bold colors that you have with neutral colors. Um, you know, the the light grays are real popular. Beige is always popular. Bone color, that yeah. type of thing. We're talking interior rooms. I, here, interior, right? correct. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, because, you know, there's still um, I know it, it's funny when you think back on, on my previous house and I had this uh, 
of dark green and this this burgundy and all of these right. colors that were so popular for a while. And you, you go in there and you feel like it was 1981, you know? So <laughs> well, it was a, 1981 when you painted <laughs> so, that's the room. It oh, makes the rooms feel smaller too, I think. <laughs> hey, another thing is uh, the, the closets are very important to everybody. So I'm doing some minor things to show that you have kind of a custom feel to that um closet is very, very important. And of course, adding smart features like lighting, you know, just smart devices, yep. little small things that can go back to security, convenience, just a few simple things like that is very appealing to a lot of home buyers these days. And you can update the look of your kitchen or bath cabinets by not necessarily replacing all the cabinets or even painting them by simply updating the hardware, you know, replacing the knobs and handles. And, and that alone can, can really help you know, update the look of a, of some cabinetry. And also while you're in the kitchen and bathroom, don't forget to fix any leaky faucets. Cause if someone's come looking for your, looking at your house to buy it, you know, last thing you want to do is see leaky faucets. In fact, I remember every time we were looking at houses, I'd always turn on all the faucets, check the water pressure, make sure there are no mm -hmm. leaks, flush mm -hmm. the toilet to make sure it actually flushed. Cause you know, uh -huh. buy a house and then start flushing the toilets. Exactly. So, that, 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 so those are two things really to check on. And I'll tell you, when you're talking about the kitchen, one of the most popular, simple home improvement projects that we've seen over the years and gaining a lot of steam still is installing a kitchen backsplash. That's because you right. can install yep. a backsplash just behind the sink, just behind the stove, or do the whole entire area. But um, if you'll go to todayshomeowner.com and put in, um, you know, tiling a backsplash, you might be surprised how simple it actually is. We have a number of methods, particularly with the simple mat type of uh, ins right, installation yeah. method uh, just completely simplifies it and makes it a lot easier. You can put a little bit of your personality in that kitchen or bath by installing this. And that, that's an easy weekend project. The hard part is deciding on what tile you want to put in. I'll tell you, you, you go in and there's more than 10 different tiles out there now, Joe. There's you more think? Than that. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a lot more to choose from, which well, makes it a lot harder for some people. Well, see, it's not that's a very easy decision for me because I just say, Marla, my wife, go and pick whatever. Because <laughs> it doesn't matter if there are two choices, I always pick the wrong one. So if there I are know. 30 choices, I'm definitely gonna pick the wrong one. So I just shortcut the process by saying, darling, whatever you want to install is fine by me. Oh boy. See, that, that age has that brought works. you great wisdom there, Joe. That's Yeah, a, it took 35 years, but I, I finally know. figured there it you out. You go. Hey, we're just getting started here on today's Homeowner Radio. You can see we have a lot of information to share with you and a lot more right around the corner. Don't go anywhere. We're just getting started, and you're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. Today's homeowner is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. The Today's Homeowner Radio Show is heard all over this great country, over 350 stations, including WBGZ 94.3 FM and 1570 AM in Alton, Illinois. Hello to everybody up and around the Midwest there. We have a lot of wonderful stations there. If we can help you, you know what to do. Pick up the phone, 800 946 4420. That's the Today's Homeowner Hotline. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Your opportunity to ask us any question, comment on anything that you'd like to, and we will definitely try to address each and every call we get. You can also send us an email. We appreciate all those great emails we got this week. You can send one right now or anytime at todayshomeowner.com. 
slash ask. Let's get right to the today's homeowner hotline. We have Kurt on the line right now from down in Florida. Kurt, welcome to the show and uh, tell us what's going on there. I wanted to find out if the normal recommendation of putting silicone sealant around the perimeter of the, the vanity top to attach a marble top or a granite top, whatever, if I could modify that and instead maybe just put some adhesive tape, like a foam tape on the perimeter of the vanity and then set my marble top on top of that. And then perhaps if I need to stabilize that stone, I could put some... Uh, blocking maybe just on the corners of the stone on the corners of the cabinet maybe put some construction adhesive between the block and the marble just to kind of keep it from sliding off the vanity most of the time when you're putting the silicone um, on there you're basically just trying to keep it from sliding because it's heavy and it'll kind of get settled down into that silicone also the silicone helps a little bit if there's any little unlevelness in that. It kind of evens it out a little bit. However, a double stick type tape, almost like a carpet tape, would do something very similar. I've never been asked that question, never actually thought about it. But Joe, I can't really see any concerns with doing that. First of all, the countertop needs to be um, pretty stable and it needs right. to be nice and level. Um, I say level, I really mean it needs to be on a nice plane. If it's got right. a little bit of lean to the left and right, that's that's fine, but it needs to be flat when you put the stone on or you have the danger of cracking it. But what about the double stick um, carpet tape or the foam tape that um, Kurt's talking about, Joe? You think we'd be safe with that? Yeah, Kate, uh, Kurt, I was thinking the same thing. You can use uh, foam tape, but use the double-sided foam tape. I think Gorilla Glue makes a version of it, and I'm sure other companies do as well. You'll probably and they make them as thin as like I think a thirty-second of an inch or a sixteenth of an inch. But you want something a little thicker for the exact reason Danny mentioned. If there's a little unevenness, this will will float that out and will support it entirely. And don't forget, once you get it stuck down, the you know it's going to be plumbed to the sink, and so the sink will help hold it in place. You might have you know, backsplashes going along the back and the side, the ends, even if it's only three or four inches high, and that'll help hold it in place because those will be stuck to the wall and silicone down to the countertop itself, right? So that'll all help keep this in place. And are we talking about a like a pretty long one, a double sink vanity top or just a... No, this one would be about four foot long. Oh, and yeah. Would it, would it be okay to use a single-sided tape and perhaps stick the tape to the vanity so right. that the marble would just kind of lay on the top, but then stabilize the marble, maybe on the four corners with some blocking that would be glued. Well, if you're gonna, if you didn't want to stick it down entirely with foam tape, which you know would be my first option, is I would use, and you just want to use foam tape that's not double sided, meaning it won't, it sticks down to the counter, but to the cabinet, but it won't stick to the underside of the countertop. Then I would at least put like four beads of silicone adhesive like in the four corners or maybe even just in the two front corners. In the end, I don't know if you're going to need any of that because I can't imagine this is going to be moving very much um, once it's plumbed and once you have the backsplashes in place. Um, and what are, the, what are the chances of you removing this at some point? I mean, probably pretty uh, slim, right? <laughs> I have this bad tendency to want to change things. Well, then you're well. Then you're very smart. There comes then you're very smart to think ahead. Um, But even if you use a double-sided tape, I mean, if you wanted to take this up, I mean, you just run a putty knife along it, and you you know. 
come apart. So yeah, I would, if you want to use a foam tape, fine. That's not double stick. And then I would put at least in the two front corners, you know, yeah. just to help hold it in place. Yeah. I be care, be I careful. Don't, don't ever clamp it down either. Let the weight of it set it into that adhesive. Um, yeah. Cause I've seen people clamp it and they, they crank the thing out of, and they torque it too much and you can wind up cracking it. So you don't want to do that. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for the input on that. Okay, one last question. What are you going to replace this with in like seven months? You want to go a different stone, you think? Maybe a different color. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it'll be maybe two or three years at least. Oh, okay. Well, see, Kurt, Kurt's the kind of homeowner that keeps us busy here on today's Homeowner Radio. So, yeah. That's any, right. so if we can help you any other way with any whim that you might have there, Kurt, let us know. We're happy to do it. Thank you. All right, we'll take care and have a great weekend. Yeah, that's um, that's that's putting it out there. Uh, that I changed yeah. my mind a lot. There you go. I mean, hey, I changed we, my mind, but not about switching out countertops <laughs> once I put them in place. Yeah. Hey, we get a lot of emails. We love emails, and I encourage you to send us one anytime at todayshomeowner.com slash ask. That's what Jeff did recently. He said, hello, Danny. I was watching your TV show recently on how to replace an outdoor column. I'd like to know where to buy the plate that you put on the bottom of the wooden post. Well, Jeff, we've done this uh, several times in different shows, and there's about three different kind of those post anchors out there, maybe more. One of them that you might be thinking about is one where we had an aluminum, just a little kind of a cast aluminum plate that had small legs under it. The idea being that you put your post on top of this, either a four by four or six by six, and it keeps it up off the concrete or wood just a tad so that you don't have any wicking, which would lead to deterioration. Now that's one. And the beauty of this is that it's the same size as the four by four or six by six. So you can run some base trim, which makes it look a lot better and more finished around the bottom and completely hide the the different one. Now, Joe, we used one recently that was similar to that, but it uh-huh. actually, um, we screwed it straight down to the concrete. Right. But the walls of the support came up just a tad because we needed that to make that particular post rigid. But um, I've also used the ones from uh, Simpson Strong Ties that are basically just galvanized. Yeah, that just, those are the typical ones that some of them you can actually cast into the concrete in a new pour or mm-hmm. in a retrofit situation like Jeff has, you'd, you'd screw them down. But whatever you do, it's most important to keep it up, the wooden post up off that concrete. And, you know, you, I mean, the higher, the better, you know, you want, if, if, it, if you have a chance between like a difference between a quarter inch and a half inch, go for the half inch, you want it up high. And then, like Danny said, you can trim it out so you don't see the, the, the base underneath the wooden post. And if you're going to trim it out, most people just cut wood, kind of like a baseboard. But I would highly recommend using like an AZEC product, which is cellular PVC, essentially plastic. Because, you know, that part is going to be sitting in the water, in the snow, in the rain, everything else. So you want to avoid having that part rot out as well. So use some um, cellular PVC to wrap the very bottom of those posts. There you go. You know, um, one of the other thing that you may never think about when you're dealing with rotten wood on the outside of your house, particularly it seems like around front porches, really check a couple things. One, know where all your sprinkler systems are spreading that water. Yeah, if you, that's a if good you idea. Don't be spraying system. water on it. Right. It, um, it happens all the time. We see it all the time. And a lot of times what happens are, are, the, are the shrubs, they grow up and they outgrow and basically you're um, watering or um, sprinkling the underside of the plant that splashes back on the wood. And that could be your porch, your stairs, handrails, balusters, anything like that. 
And, um, and so you really have to check that very carefully. And, and the best way to do that is occasionally, and this is a great time of the year to do it, go ahead and manually run all of the zones of your sprinkler system. Just turn one zone on for about five minutes, walk around the house with a notepad, and you see anything that needs to be adjusted, uh, either make a note on it or just put the note directly on the sh on the sprinkler head, and then you can adjust and make sure that they're not putting water where it doesn't need. I hate riding by in the morning on the way to work or on the way out to do some yeah. taping, and you see somebody watering their driveway. It happens yeah. every single day. So a couple other things to think about during this time of the year. Hey, you're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about garage organization and making that outside floor look like an inside floor. You're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. We'll be right back. Today's Homeowner is brought to you by Deitch Coatings. Easily roll on your new stone countertop, garage floor, and more in just a weekend with Deitch. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show, where it's time for our best new product segment brought to you by The Home Depot, how doers get more done. You know, lots of latex paint these days act as both paint and primer. The trend started, you know, several years ago, and it helps paint stick to previously unpainted surfaces without the additional step of applying primer. But blocking stains like the tannins from natural wood was best left to stain blocking primers. Until now, Baird Dynasty stain blocking paint and primer does that job as well, and a whole lot more. Its fast drying technology allows you to use the spaces more quickly after painting, and its one coat hiding means less work for you. Plus, the finished surface is more stain repellent and scuff resistant, so the surfaces of your project stay looking newer longer, which means you spend less time painting, and that's a win win for me. For more information on this Baird Dynasty stain blocking paint, and primer, log on to homedepot.com. We're going to get right back to the Today's Homeowner Hotline. We'd love to hear from you. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call us anytime at 800-946-4420. That's what Martin did and has a question about his garage. Martin, welcome to the show. Glad to have you on board. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. Certainly. Tell us about uh, what you have in mind on that garage. Well, we need to do something with the floor, and my big question overall was to buy some tiles or paint it. And I got on the Home Depot website, and I was impressed with the different types of paint. It was a little bit confusing about which one's the best. And I would like to ask one question about pegboard to get through with the floor. So paint or tile? Okay. Well, I'll tell you, there are some amazing coatings that are available for your garage that are very do-it-yourself friendly. Some are one step, some are two steps, some have, have as many as four steps, depending on, you know, just what type of floor finish you want. You know, one of our sponsors and somebody that I truly believe in a lot is uh, Deitch Coatings. And I tried Deitch Coatings on my um, fl floor of my garage and my workshop um, when I moved into my new house three years ago. And I got to say, it's pretty darn it's pretty darn amazing, plus very versatile, very easy to install, and um, it has just held up better than any type of coating I've ever seen. Because some of them that are out there, uh, Martin, are, I don't know, they just don't seem to adhere very well and you roll in there with those hot tires coming off the road, and you have that lift of the paint. So 
Um, I would really look at um, DeichCoatings.com, D-A-I-C-H, Coatings.com. And you can look at um, Today's Homeowner.com, too, and see some of the videos of what's involved in the installation. And you can also see all of the different colors that are available and different ways of going about it. But um, that's what I would recommend. Boy, I mean, it makes such a difference. And not only does it look a whole lot better, it's so much easier to keep clean and uh, it does work a whole lot better. Now, as far as the other organization, of course, the number, you know, couple things everybody knows about a garage organization. Number one, recycle as much as you possibly can. Then it's time to try to get everything you can off that floor and look at some of the ways that you can mount things on the wall so that you just have more of that uh, floor space available. Of course, Joe, looking at this picture that uh, Martin sent in, this garage doesn't look near as bad as some garages I've seen. Well, that's because oh it looks like, Martin, looks like Martin can actually park a garage in it and too few garages you can't. <laughs> yeah, Martin, it, it's a really good question you asked because there are so many options and it can get kind of confusing. But yeah, if you're talking about coating options, either paint or epoxy, and, um, you know, paint would wear off a lot quicker than epoxy would. So um, I think epoxy or like a Deitch product would be the way to go. And the other options would be tile or mats. Tiles would be plastic or polypropylene um, plastic, PVC or polypropylene plastic tiles that kind of snap together. There are rubber tiles sure. that do the same thing. Or you have floor mats, which you just roll out. That would be the absolute easiest option. They're either rubber or a polyvinyl plastic of some sort. Um, so it kind of depends on what you're looking for and how quickly you want to get it done. Um, but the only option, the only thing you have to remember with the epoxy or paint is, as Danny alluded to, is the prep it has to be, those floors mm -hmm. have to be as clean as you could possibly get them. With the mats or the tiles, it doesn't really matter. You can just roll them out or snap them over. I'm not your standard DIY guy. I mean, I'm, I'm just not that into but I, you think I can do the epoxy paint myself? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you oh, basically yeah, just no brush it around the perimeter and roll it on the rest of the floor. Follow the directions, obviously, and um, you know, go to the websites or whatever the manufacturer is, and I'm sure they have videos. Today's homeowner, I think there are some videos. Um, and then just follow those directions you know, to the T, and, and you'll be fine. Yeah, no, I, I, we have confidence that you can do this. And, and just make and sure, even, check yeah. check the coverage rate. Excuse me, Dan. Check the coverage rate on the product you're buying because the last thing you want to do is be three-quarters of the way through and realize you've run out of material. So oh, sure. Um, make sure you get a little extra. It's 20 by 24, and according to the Home Depot website, these products will cover that. You know, you can get Perfect. one that will cover it. Anyway. Yeah, so, that's right. Most good. of them are made made for that. And I'll tell you, I'm glad you mentioned those rubber mats, Joe. We did install some of those interlocking rubber mats and yep. very easy to do. You don't glue them down or anything. Only takes a razor knife to cut them. That's, you know, heck you can do, you know, um, a five by five area and walk away and do the another five by five the next day. You don't have to do right. it all at one time, right. but, um, but that's a pretty, that's a pretty cool way of going. But one little caution I'll throw out there. That's a little sidebar on this whole thing is when you're moving everything out. Now you might move it out on the sidewalk and, or, or out on the, um, your, your driveway and covered up with plastic or whatever. You may want to put a sign out there saying, no, <laughs> this is not a garage sale. Not this is not sale. a yard sale. <laughs> Because every time we've ever done that on on the show, we would we would pull everything out. Usually, we'd have a couple tents that we would put it under while we were doing the work. And I would look out there and I said, "Who 
who's that? I said, I don't know. It's one of my neighbors. It looks like they're they're wanting to buy that old rusty bicycle. So um, so, so just, well, that's just actually, a little caution. So. That's actually a good tip for how to get all that stuff back into the garage, because if you sell half of it, even if you do it accidentally, it'll all fit nice and neatly. Well, now, another time we did put a sign out saying for free. And so yep. we just put, you know, stop, you know, it, it's absolutely free. And we put it right out on the sidewalk there to where someone could pull up real easy and grab it. Yep. And uh, we got rid of a lot of stuff there. It was stuff that we intended on getting rid of <laughs> and assuming whoever didn't pick it up, we were going to donate it somewhere or free cycle it or whatever. But yeah. but anyway, just a, a little something there. But I, I think you'll be extremely pleased on this, um, Martin, once you get everything complete. And it's, uh, it's fairly easy and pretty manageable for you. All right. Well, thank you all very very much. I do appreciate the input. I'm going to go find out. How do you spell that name of that? Uh, uh, sure. Uh-huh. It's uh, uh, Deitch, D-A-I-C-H, codings.com, Deitch Codings. Okay. Okay. Our pleasure. And you have a great weekend. Thanks for being with us. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Tight Bond, the pro's advantage. Are you currently receiving the Today's Homeowner e-newsletter? We'd sure love to send it to you. All you have to do is go to todayshomeowner.com slash newsletter to receive it today. We will send it to you once a week. All the latest, greatest information that you might need to consider around your home. Just a few reminders and some great information. And also, of course, a simple solution in there. And by the way, that simple solution will be coming up in just a little bit. Right now, we're going to head back to the Today's Homeowner hotline, head to Pennsylvania. Melissa, welcome to the the show and tell us what's going on outside your house there. I have a brick walkway that is crumbling. It's in bad shape due to freeze-thaw cycle. I'm not sure if it was never installed correctly. I know that it's had a lot of abuse even since I bought the house, just contractors running trucks over it and things like that. So that needs fixed. And then I have a paver patio where some bricks are sinking. Yeah, we see the photographs, Melissa. You do have a little bit of work ahead of you here. <laughs> you think, yeah. <laughs> you know, Melissa, the tricky part on something like that is, you know, once you get started, I mean, you know, if you have a few bricks here and there, you can um, try one of uh, Joe's simple solutions, actually, where you take a wire coat hanger and you kind of fashion a little hook out of it. Maybe, you know, something that's about eight or 10 inches long and you got a hook on each end. And essentially that allows you to lift the brick out of there. Now you can do that in isolated situations where you may have a small area here and there, but if you have a lot of them, it's just a, an overwhelming task. I, I mean, these pictures are good, but I can't quite tell how many of them are affected a few of them here and there that have shifted a bit is no big deal. That's kind of a little bit of character and you could actually clean this really well with a pressure washer and then just force a a polymeric sand in it that will lock it down. And that would certainly improve it a lot. It probably wouldn't be the nice smooth brick walkway that you want, but Joe, um, you know, depending on how much of the shifting's taking place, it might be hard to get this back to the original look. Yeah, well, depending on what we're talking about with the pavers, uh, Melissa, as you know, they're just set on a, hopefully a base of uh, crushed stone. So those you can just lift out. They're not cemented down or anything like that. At least they should not be. Um, So those, and I do see a couple of missing ones, and I do see in the middle, it looks like it's a depression. And the... Surefire cure is to pull up all the pavers, regrade it, 
bring in some new fill, compact the heck out of it till it's as flat and hard as you can get it, and then put it all back. But to me, that would be like a, a last resort. So what I would do is I'd make the repairs in the areas that you have trouble, pull up what you need to, repack it, level it out, and put those down. And then if those continue to sink and it becomes an issue elsewhere, then you can always go back and pull everything up. And on the brick one, the brick walkway that is mortared in place, yeah, you're right, trucks should definitely not be driving on this. And unfortunately, the only cure there, I think Danny might agree, is to tear the whole thing out. I hate to say it, but you're never going to just, you're never going to be able to just repair it, right? You're never going to repair it. I would just take it out. This goes from your house to the street, like from the front door to the street. Is that where I can see in the photo here? The walk goes all the way around. It goes, yes, the the, pick, the worst part of it is the front door out to the street, but right. then it goes around the side of the house to the garage. And then on the other side of the driveway, it goes from the garage to the, around to the back deck and patio. Wow. So it, yeah. but, but it's, it's it's the front walk that's really damaged, and I'm worried about someone falling. Yeah, of course. Well, if, if this brick is the walkway that we're looking at that really needs to be repaired, it ties into another brick walkway that's that's in fine shape, then, you know, if it was my house, I guess I would try to redo it in brick. I might have to get new brick or different brick because, uh, I mean, I don't know what your other only other option, I guess, Danny, would be to go with pavers, and they do have red brick pavers, mm-hmm. so at least it would be the mm-hmm. same color. And if you have any issue, at least it's not set in mortar. That's the nice thing about the pavers and why we promote them so much is that they're not just permanently stuck down and they're cracking and got mortar and, you know, all that stuff. So um, th- that would be the other option. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's going to have to be redone. I just um, I just want to make sure once I spend the money, that's it. And I don't have other issues because um, when the French drain was put in, it's perpendicular to the walk. It goes right under the walk at a right angle. You know, it. it pulls water from one side of the yard to the to the other into a um, a drainage box. And um, because the French drain is there, I don't know if that water is affecting the walk and making it worse. I would hope because it's pulling the moisture away, it would it would have prevented some of this, but it's gotten worse, you know, since the French drain was was installed. So. It may be worsening the situation, but it is a good bit of work that needs to be done. A landscaper that, you know, is experienced in a lot of drainage issues could probably give you a little bit of feedback. But um, uh, there's a lot of guys out there that work on the brick driveways and brick walkways that you should be able to find to get some help. Okay. Well, that's been the issue. Somebody that knows the paver issue and, and knows the concrete work. Um, I also need someone that understands the drainage, and that's been the rub. You know, you get one guy that does the drainage and another guy that does the concrete, and and you're right. I need to find somebody that can handle both. Yeah, and they're out there. There's a lot of guys because you're you're forced to in that kind of situation. Well, Melissa, sorry we couldn't give you uh, better information on there. We certainly appreciate you being a part of the Today's Homeowner Radio Show today. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, we're going to take a short break here on Today's Homeowner Radio. When we come back, it's Simple Solution time. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Fluidmaster. Find out more at shop.fluidmaster.com. So glad to be with you each and every week here on Today's Homeowner Radio, and I'm always happy when we get to this part part in the show where my buddy Joe gets in the driver's seat and shares with us a simple solution. Go ahead, Joe. Crank it up. Okay, here's how to double the storage shelf in your cabinet under your sink. This is a kitchen sink. You can double the storage capacity by with three simple pieces of wood. They could be one by eights or one by tens if your cabinet's deep enough. And what you want to do is cut one long horizontal shelf 
and two short vertical legs. And you just screw the, the shelf right to these legs and slip it into place. Obviously, you want to measure, open up the doors and measure that distance between the doors so you can slip it in easily. And when you slide it in, if the back of the shelf butts up against, let's say, the trap or any kind of drainage pipe or garbage disposer or something like that, and it doesn't allow you to slide it all the way in, then just mark it and pull it out and use a, a jigsaw and cut what you need to and slide it back in there. Um, but you want to get that whole depth. Like if it's a one by 10, that's nine and a quarter inches deep. So it's quite a bit of storage. And make it, you know, about halfway up the cabinet. And so ordinarily, all you have is the floor of the cabinet for storage. So now you have the floor and this shelf. So you're essentially doubling the storage space. So that's it. And by the way, you can do this in any closet or any storage cabinet that has enough room. And with that little, those three little pieces of wood, you've, you've like I said, about doubled the storage capacity. Well, this must work very, very well because you see a lot of the cabinet guys now and the cabinet companies starting to do this very thing just to maximize that space you have back there instead of having all of that stuff just crammed in there that you have to get on your hands and knees and right. dig yep. through whatever that is because whatever you need is going to be behind whatever else is in there. <laughs> and and here it just uh, kind of displays it a little bit better and works very good. I've seen it work um, a number of times. Another good, simple solution from our buddy Joe Truini. You can see over 550 of them right now by going to todayshomeowner.com slash simple solution. Now, while you're there, also find out where you can see the Today's Homeowner television show in your area. And what you'll see on this weekend show is one that we call Guest Room Update. You know, it's a completely interior project where we take that room, that room that's extra, that that extra bedroom that ends up getting all kinds of stuff just dumped in there, not very appealing when you have guests stay with you overnight. Well, we changed all of that. We actually did a Borden-Batten-style accent wall, which is very durable, but also it's just got kind of a cool look to it. This particular house was uh, out in the country a good bit, so it fit in very, very, very well with all of that. We also did some floating shelves. I like floating shelves and the streamlined look of those, a very good way of utilizing space that you have, but also a, a nice decorative element. And also wall sconces. We put a few wall sconces in. Something about sconces just warm up a place, but you can do it by being able to use LED lights. Yes, all of that is in this weekend's show of today's Homeowner Television Show. So go to todayshomeowner.com and find out where you can see it in your area. And if you feel like a little bit of binge watching, you can go to the Vizio Smart TV Channel 516 is today's homeowner 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as well as the LG Smart TV Linear Channel 476. You can check out any of those as well as Zumo, Tubi, Freevee, Pluto, and Roku apps. A lot of ways that you can see the Today's Homeowner television show in addition to Today's Homeowner Dot com. Joe, there's uh, it just keeps going and going and going, yeah. all the different things that, that we have. And after being in this business for uh, 25 years on a national basis, uh, we've got a lot of episodes and a lot of videos for people to see. All Danny all the time, 24-7. <laughs> Danny's like 7-11. He's always available. So yeah, just, uh, well, there's yeah. a lot of Joe Truini out there as well. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, man. unfortunately, it's to some people's opinion. There's way too much of me out there. Not That's at right. all. We're, we're, we're trying. We're just trying to get the information out there. So uh, be in touch with us if you have any questions come up because we're always here to answer them for you. That's right. That pretty much wraps up the first hour of today's Homeowner Radio. I'm Danny Lifford, along with my co-host Joe Truini. Thanks for spending some time with us during your busy weekend.